This is episode 312 of the AMPM podcast. In this episode, I'm speaking with Mac Schlesinger. Mac grew up in upstate New York, didn't uh, really even speak a whole lot of English at home. It's his, actually it's his second language, but he saw an opportunity in e-commerce and decided to take it and started drop shipping, started doing a lot of retail arbitrage and things like that. And that evolved into seven-figure private label brand, which evolved into him starting one of the top agencies that helps sellers develop their listings. And now he's actually uh, partners in one of the big uh, shows out there called The Powwow Show. So a lot of interesting stuff in this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the AMPM Podcast. Welcome to the AMPM Podcast. We explore opportunities in e-commerce. We dream big and we discover what's working right now. Plus, plus, this is the podcast where money never sleeps. Working around the clock in the AM and the PM. Are you ready for today's episode? I said, I said are, are you, you ready? Ready. Let's do this. Let's do this. Here's your host, Here's your host Kevin King. Kevin King. Max Schlesinger, welcome to the AMPM podcast. It's so good to have you here today. How are you doing, man? Thank you, Kevin. It's my honor to be here. Wow. Yeah, I know. I think we met uh, like uh, several years ago at like one of the big events up in Brooklyn, the, the EDSA event, the ASGTG event, uh, I think. Uh, it, yeah, is that right? That's where we met, probably. Like, yeah, those events are, those are some pretty awesome events. If, you, if, you've, if you're listening to this and you've never been to one of the ASGTG events, ASGTG, you can just Google that. Uh, it's an event that's held once a year. Uh, Ed uh, Rosenberg puts it on up in the uh, Brooklyn area. And it's uh, it's uh, one of my favorite events to go to. You have a lot of huge sellers. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, like something like I think Amazon came out with a statistic statistic a few years ago. Like seven percent of all the sales on Amazon come out of one zip code in Brooklyn. And there's like some serious serious sellers up in that area that just kind of you don't see them at the Prosper Show. You don't see them at the the seller cons. You don't see them at a lot of the other shows. They just kind of stay in their own little world up there. But they just some super smart guys that and gals that are just crushing it. And so I was at that, I've spoken at that event a few times, met Mac there. What is it about that community up there that just makes them just so good at selling? Yeah, listen, it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting how we, got, how we got into it, but uh, how it developed like that. But knowing my people, it's like, a, you know, like a, it's like a community of hardworking, dedicated and, and very sophisticated, uh, talented people, which officially, uh, as, as, as the one knows, like we don't have a lot of uh, um, like world uh, uh, education, we don't get college and stuff like that, because we grow, we, we grow up uh, learning and teaching our, 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 our stuff. But when it comes to the business world, so since we don't have all this professional, I mean, these days it's much more common that people go to college and stuff, but, but back in the days, there was no such a thing as going to college or, or to school to learn all these business-related uh, stuff. So when the whole Amazon e-commerce thing came up, which is, didn't really require a lot of a lot of uh, business education and stuff, it's just finding good products, listing it, and selling it, and figuring it out. So English is, I think you said English is not your first language. So where are you originally originally from? What's, what's your uh, your background story? Right. So I grew up in uh, upstate New York. I mean, it's in, it's in the Jewish community. It's actually in Monroe, which is like more like a, it's like a very close community, which is, we speak mainly Yiddish. And by the way, throughout the, the podcast, I might make some mistakes and uh, say different things because English is not my first language. So I have to think twice before I say something. So it's not, doesn't come naturally, but what? We'll figure it out. So basically, the way I grew up, we didn't really speak English for 
until I become like a, a, a teen or like a, probably 17, 18 years old. So even though you're in the U.S. Uh, and you're in upstate New York there, it's all Yiddish at home. So it's like a self-contained uh, kind of environment. Yeah. So we speak mainly Yiddish at home and school and everywhere. I mean, it's cool. We, we, we learn English, like uh, the language and, uh, and, and uh, writing, reading, math and all these different stuff. We get some education, but it's not a main focus. It's like a, just a side thing. So once you uh, kind of went off on your own or uh, kind of left the, the, your, your parents' nest, well, what were you doing? So basically, the way it works is so we, we grow up, we go to school, then we go to different schools when we in this, and, and, and then we usually get married between like the 18 and the 25, that, that, that range. And usually we get married, uh, we have to go out and, uh, you know, <laughs> make, make a living to provide to our family. So that, that's when we started thinking, okay, I mean, with the lack of education and, and knowledge of, of English and the other world, what can we do? Like, so that's why a lot of this. And, and, and since like 10 to 20 years ago, since the whole e-commerce thing started happening, then that's where a lot of, uh, of our community started going in there because we, we were very good at selling and finding products and, and, and doing that, this type of stuff. So And e-commerce is kind of easy to actually do it within the community. I mean, you don't have to go out there and you can do everything online without having to yeah. go out and interact, you know, in all these other situations that might not be the most comfortable or might not be the most what you're... Right, and, and, and yeah, you don't really have to go out in the, in, in the, in the public world or like, uh, the corporate world and, and, and do things. So you, you, can, you, you can just sit in your dining room or your basement and, and, and build an empire. So I personally, yeah, that's also, I, I, I think it was like around 18 to 20 years old, I started getting interested in like knowing the world a little bit more. Like, you know, I started getting like all these you know, the phones, the computers and laptops. And that's what I started figuring out. Like, what can we do with this? What can we, what can we do? So I always had a drive to to, to, to do that. Like e-commerce in general, I don't know if it was because it became popular then or that's my general nature, which I I remember when I, when I started, like, I was still young. I, I didn't even know what's going on in the world. I just like the idea of, let's say, taking products from my uh, from my parents' house and trying to sell it, or take stuff from my friend. My friend had my friend had an old, uh, I don't know, like old phone or old thing, and I find a way to sell it uh, on eBay or whatever the other marketplaces used to be back then. So that interested me a lot. So when I grew up and I started reading. Like, I was kind of in the mode where I need to start working. I need to get to build something and make a living. I got me really more interested and more serious about doing, the, doing these things. So I, that's why I tried all these different types of online selling, like different marketplaces, drop shipping, all this different stuff. And so this is when you were in your early 20s. You're still pretty young, 18 to 20, you said? Yeah, yeah. The more I got into it, I remember like I used to go to thrift shops and, and, and local shopping malls and find deals and, and reselling, like buying my own mannequin and putting on clothing and, and <laughs> taking pictures of my phone and selling it. It was fun. So, but the more I did it, the more I, I, I mean, the more I did it, the more I realized, okay, what's next? What's next? Like I, I want to go to the next step. Like uh, I want to get real until I got into, I mean, uh, I got into the private label became then like a trend back then like buying stuff in china and you know like all this stuff and i i had zero knowledge about it so i, I remember i took a course a quick course about the whole idea just to get an idea like how, how does it work like what does it entail i mean 
is it only made for like this rich uh, people out there that you know that build million dollar companies, or it's also for like uh, people like me that I'm sitting here in my dusty basement and maybe I can figure out maybe it's not maybe I can do it as well. So that's when I got into it. I followed the course and I got more familiar with the whole idea of e-commerce. Like really, I mean, really, I'm so not just like uh, taking pictures in America. I mean, like real buying stuff, negotiating and, and sourcing and, and, and creating a brand and uh, trying to sell it and the whole the whole idea. So that's that's how I got started. And then this took me to more and more uh, places and ideas. Well, that's awesome. Are you still selling uh, today? No. So basically, so that got me into doing more stuff and especially the private label. So when I started private label, I, I I gave up on the clothing and I, because uh, all these courses was trying to recommend you to find small, lightweight products, you know, all these <laughs> rules and stuff. So I started doing um, swimming gear, which is like a goggle, swim goggles, uh, bathing caps, nose caps, all these swim related products. And then also fitness products like uh, all these rubber bands, these, uh, resistant bands and uh, some other exercise fitness related products. So uh, I, I, I basically uh, tried both of them and, and the swimming products was more successful. So I, I stick to those. Like I created a brand, the logo and the, and the whole thing. And, uh, and that's, uh, it, was, it was going pretty well. I, I did that for a few years. And later on, I, I got into more like the services. Well, we'll, we'll talk about later how I got into it. But so I, once I got into the services, uh, I stopped selling products. So right now I'm not selling any products. I'm mainly focusing on servicing other sellers to help them succeed so on the, on the sales side what did you what kind of sales did you build that uh, like swimming brand to like what six figures seven figures uh, what kind of yeah uh, it got to seven figures but since I was so bad at, at like a, a, a business like a financials and all this stuff I mean I, I know that I made a lot of sales but it wasn't so profitable because I didn't know what I was doing it was just uh, trying things and figuring, figuring things out but uh, I built it to seven figures I could have built it more, but I kind of got stuck where, like, at the same time I was, was growing my family, I already had, like, two, three kids back then. And I was kind of, uh, you know, and the pressure of, of providing, like, bringing an income. So this, I mean, it made a lot, a lot of money in and out, but it didn't, didn't really, at the end of the month, I couldn't... <laughs> couldn't uh, uh, um, figure out, you know, to, to make a living of it. So I was kind of forced to take take another job. Like while I was already sort of an entrepreneur, like all these this, I, I was forced to take a, a job, make an income, a living. That job actually got me into where I... So that, that happens a lot in this business where you have people, that, they're entrepreneurs, they get into it, they're, they're selling, they, they're doing six, seven figures, they've got cash flow. But at the end of the day, they're really not business people per se, and they're not making, they're not actually making money. They got cash flow, but they're not actually making money. And so what happens a lot of times is those people along the way, they learn some things. And I see that a lot of them then turn into a service provider. They become a PPC agency or they become a listing uh, agency or they, 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 they take some sort of core thing that they were actually good at as part of their business. And then they make that their new business. And that's kind of what you did, right? Right. Yeah. So by me, it was a little bit uh, different. It's, it wasn't like, okay, you know what, I, I can't make money from selling. Let's let's do services because it actually happened by accident and it happened by other people. Because basically, once I I told you that I got into that job, which was my my position was basically to manage the Amazon account and build up all the listings. Basically, it was a very big company that did all the. It was very they were very popular on eBay. 
they wanted to build up the Amazon account. So I went in and I built up the whole, um, uh, I rebuilt all the listings, all the stuff. So that was also a part which I figured things out about myself, like who I am, what I'm good at. So since I was doing that, I, I figured out, I mean, people around me, like uh, my coworkers and stuff like that, they, they, they realized that my specialty is not the selling, it was more the, the creative part, which is like creating the listings, enhancing images, and, and, and fixing up all these uh, mistakes, like keywords and, and, and stuff like that. And actually, I, I had a few coworkers which left, they left their job, and they went either started their own Amazon company or they started working at a different Amazon company. So they hired me on the side to make their listings. I, I didn't even know why or how. I mean, back then, back then I had very low. My issue was like I had very low self confidence, like to know what, what I'm good at, what, what I do. So, I mean, I'm very grateful and thankful to all these people that they recognize what I'm good at and they actually supported me. Like they pushed me to do it. So I was like, me? Well, like, well, why do you want me? I don't know. Uh, tell me, Mac, this is what you're good at. I want you to do it. Uh, so I was like, okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you, you found you found your calling there and within this uh this this selling on Amazon, this e-commerce space, and that's that's building listings. So so then what did you do? You you spun that off, uh, you worked for them for a while, got No, so basically I, I stayed at the job at the same time and on the side like at night I, I did the listings for, for them, like for my friends, my 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 ex coworkers. So but at some point, I was like, I think after a year working there, I was like, uh, um, okay, what's next? Like, I'm working at this job. I'm making, like, I think, $700 a week. <laughs> what, what's next? Like, I, I can't keep on doing this for the rest of my life. So I started looking into different things. I, at first, I was thinking maybe I should go back into my Amazon company, like the swimming product, maybe build it up. And there's so much potential. Maybe build it up, focus on it. Or maybe, I, I don't know. I was, I was so confused. And one day, actually, it was very interesting because the, we have, like, in our community, we have, like, the different uh, WhatsApp groups. Uh, you know, there's one, uh, groups on WhatsApp among Amazon sellers. We discuss, uh, people discussing, ask questions. I mean, by now I have my own group, but what, uh, it, back then it was, a, it was a very popular group out there. And someone asked uh, who, they were, who, who, who they recommend for uh, listings, like, to, to build out the listings. And someone somehow um, posted my name. Like back then, I, I didn't do it as a living. I, I didn't do it even as a business. I just did a favor here and there. So he posted my name and people started contacting me. I was like, who posted my name? I'm not doing it. This is not my business. <laughs> and it was very interesting. But, but at, at the same time, I was like kind of desperate to leave my job and I wasn't sure w which route I'm going. So I decided, to, you know, maybe I should take the leap. So I responded to one of them. I told them, yes, I'm doing listings. How can I help you? <laughs> So he said that he has. They have a lot of products, and they want to redo their listings because it was done very poorly, and they're they're ready to announce it. And I had zero confidence, zero knowledge. Like they rely on me to build up the listing. What happens if if it flops? If it just so they said, you know, what, let me give you one listing. If if we like it, then we'll give you many more listings. So I was still working at that job. So over over the weekend or some nights, I worked on that one listing. I perfected it. It was, it was amazing. It was beautiful. Then I sent it to them, and they was like, wow, they're very, they're very intrigued. They're very surprised how good it is. They want me to do all of the listings, like uh, 40, 50 listings. And I was still working at the job, so I, I didn't know how I'm going to manage it, how I'm going to do it, how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish it. And I didn't want to tell them that uh, my situation because I wanted them to feel like they can rely on me. But inside me, I knew, I knew that I'm not ready for it. 
so I, I, saw, I told him, okay, no problem. So um, I will do it. We'll figure it out. At that time, I, I realized, you know what? I have this opportunity. Um, I, I mean, it doesn't promise me any long-term things, but at least and now I'm desperate to leave that job, and I was looking for something, and this is what I found now. I'm going to give notice to my, I said, I'm going to give notice to my ex-boss, and I'm going to leave the job, and I'm going to focus on, on these listings. I mean, it's 40, 50 listings. It can take a while, and I can make a nice amount of money, and I can live off probably like for a few weeks. <laughs> so I jumped in. What, what did you charge per listing back then? So I think it was very $100 a listing. $100 a listing? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know, I, I didn't even know the market, like how much to charge, how much to, how many hours it takes me per listing. I just throw a price. Okay, hundred dollars. I said, let's do it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no wonder <laughs> they said here, if they like the first one, here's forty more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and I, I'm sure that when if they when they went to the other professional companies, it was like two three hundred dollars. It was like a hundred dollars a listing, and it was doing a pretty decent job. Then why not? Let's give let's give him everything. So I quit that job. And I got into these listings. I just started figuring out I was working nonstop, like many hours, like night during the night and day, to finish all the listings because I I had to present, you know, I had, I had to act to them like I'm a professional company, like I know what I'm doing, even though uh, I know that I'm not. So I did that, and then after that was done, it took me like probably two weeks, three weeks to finish everything, and everything was good, it was perfect. And then they wanted to give me more, and, and, and but they said that uh, I have to wait for the season, like uh, it's a whole process, whatever. So. Then I, felt, I found myself in a, in a place where I, okay, I quit my job. I finished this 40, 50 listings. What's next? Like, <laughs> how do I get, if, if I want to do that, how do I get more listings? That what kind of pushed me to start telling people what I'm doing. I mean, for me, for me it, was, it was very hard. I never really wanted to get into the services service, service business because I was I was always like a very shy and quiet. I like to work in my, in my corner and not talk to people, just do my, my thing. Mm-hmm. But since I, I got into the job, I realized that I need to start getting pub, going public and, and telling people what I do and start selling myself. Because otherwise, uh, how am I get more? How am I gonna get more uh, listings? So that kind of pushed me to do that. So I started going out. Uh, uh, first, I, I decided, you know what? Let's make it official. I'm gonna start a company. Come up with a name. And the funny part is that two weeks after that, there was like a little event in my community. Like it wasn't like a big event like this. It was more like a little event in someone's house. And they called me. Um, they asked me if I wanna, if I wanna exhibit there, like uh, like be a sponsor. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I had no idea what a sponsor means, what exhibit means. Like, oh, what, what am I supposed to do? Like, how does it work? So they said, no, you just have to come with some business cards and, and, and talk to people, tell people what you, what you do. I mean, at first, I didn't want to do it because I was, I was as I said, I was very, very shy. And I, I couldn't see myself going into a networking event and, and talking to, going to people, tell them, hey, I'll do listings. How can I help you? <laughs> but then I realized that this is what I do. I, I, I jumped into it. Now I have to figure out how to get it done. So I kind of pushed myself and I, I, I actually did it i created like a, i remember like back then i created like a overnight like a night before the event i realized that i need some content to show, show people what to do so i created like i put together like a quick brochure like what i what my services and the pricing because i tried to copy I, I tried to look at other companies what people do so i tried to come up with something then i i bought some quick like cheap business cards and a local printing company and i went to that event and uh, people starting uh, to get to know me when, when was this when this, this listing process started, when the company that hired you to do the 40 and then you went to the house? And wh- how long ago was that? So that was at the end of 2016. Okay. So about, uh, six, kind of about six years or, or, or so almost. Yeah. And so since then, you've become one of the go-to people for if they want to create listings, if they need marketing strategies or 
A-plus content or their listings. How big is the company now? What's the name of the company and how big is the company now? So the name is called, uh, the company name is Best Seller Listers. So that's the company name. and that's. So how many people are working for the company now? So right now we have 14 people. It's a combination of uh, some uh, project managers, designers, writers. I mean, I, I used to have more, but then I realized that it's not about having more of it. It's about taking to the employees and, and, and doing the once it got out of control, it was, uh, it was too much. Like it's growing too fast. So now we have like 14, and it's, everything works on the system with all the processes and softwares, and it runs very smoothly. So it's not you doing everything anymore. You got a whole team. Right. <laughs> that, that, that was a challenge because the, the more I started uh, promoting myself and getting more of this, I, I, I had more, more, um, more work and, and more clients, I, I started slowly like, hiring a listing uh, guy. I mean, then I, I rotated so, many, so much till I find the right people, but uh, then I, I extended. Now we do product photography. Now we do uh, graphic design. Now we do EVC. Now we do storefront. So slowly it started growing more and more. So what do you see when you when someone comes to you right now, when a new client comes to you and they, they've got their, their listings up, what are some of the key things that you see immediately like, oh my gosh, this is we got to fix this, this, and this. What are some of the big mistakes that a lot of sellers that are doing their own listings or maybe they had another company do them that you're having to constantly correct that people need to be aware of? Right. So so usually people contact me all the time, like, uh, please look at my listings. See what, I know that I have we have so much more potential, but it's not where it's, where, where it's supposed to be. Like, what can you do to enhance it? So the first thing I look through, I mean, obviously you can do like a deep research, but but you can quickly see on a listing, first of all, the, of the size of the, the title, the bullet point description to see if, if, if they have anything at all. A lot of people come to me. Very surprising that people. I mean, back in the days, it wasn't so necessary. Of course, it wasn't so competitive, so it wasn't so necessary to have like a real optimized listing in order to succeed. But, but now you can see people are still, especially people from back in the days, they still have this old-fashioned listing, which is very not optimized. You can see right away that it's missing. But even even if if so, what's an old-fashioned listing? What's an old-fashioned listing look like? Just for those listing. What would that be like a, a really short title or would that be like no bullet point? What's an old fashioned listing? Yeah, it's like a very simple uh, uh, title. I mean, a very simple, like, I don't know, a plastic water bottle, two ounces, you know, mm. like <laughs> 12 ounces, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't have any cue. And also the bullet points, like it's very old fashioned, like BPA, BPA free, like all this uh, very dry, right? you know, it can have so much more. I mean, people have to realize that the listing is, is like you're, 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 you're a salesperson. Like you walk into a store and you want to know more about a product. The salesperson comes over, he explains you everything about the product. On Amazon, you can't have that. So this has to, this, this, this has to be your listings. So what kind of listings do you think are the hardest to make? Are there certain products that are just maybe harder to make a listing for and other products that are just really easy to make a listing for? Oh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, there are definitely in certain categories, for example, when it comes to like complicated product, which is uh, products which are not like everyday products that you have at home, you're familiar with, which is more like industrial types of products, construction types of products, which is like, has like different specs and different stuff, which you have to do research and get information. So that that's more complicated, and to make sure that it's uh, usually you have to go back and forth until you know you get all the information right because it's it's not really part of the creative stuff; it's more like the technical stuff which you have to get right. So if a product has a lot of uh, like electronics, sometimes has has a lot of uh, um, technical information, and if you make a mistake, if you put the wrong information and people buy it according to that information, then you you get like negative reviews because it's it's the wrong information. So that's a little more tricky. But if it's like a regular everyday product that people, I don't know, toys or kitchen products that you have at home and doesn't have a lot of features or, or technical uh, specs, then 
these are more easier. So what about A-plus content or EBC, some people call it? And then there's a new one that Amazon, you know, that just announced the premium one that used to cost like 250 grand or something, you know, for the big brands. And now they just open it up to everybody for basically for free, at least for a while. What kind of difference do you think those actually make if you have that? And what are some mistakes that people make when they're creating those? They're using the same pictures over and over again, or are they, what, what are some things that people need to be aware of when it comes to A-plus or EPC or some of the new stuff that's just been announced? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I mean, since we deal with a lot of sellers every day about this stuff, and some sellers are like, I don't know, is it important to spend the money for it? I don't know. Especially someone that has like 100 listings, he needs to spend a lot of money to get it done. So they kind of defense if it's really important or not. But, but the truth is, when it comes to the A-plus part, which is, I mean, the regular listing, on the, you have basically the space of the bullet points and the main images. That's all you have to really try to sell your product. But sometimes, especially with the limitations that Amazon has, how how, how big the title can be and what information you can have on the images and the, and, the, and, the, and the, how big the bullet points can be, you, you don't have a lot of flexibility on really explaining your product and showing off your product as supposed to be. So the A+, plus, uh, EBC, slash, uh, it, it, it gives you a much bigger real estate to really explain your product and, and really sell your product. I mean, now with the premium A+, plus, it's yeah, that's a blessing because I don't know if you saw like the, the the difference between the A plus actually just made an article like explaining the difference between the regular A plus and the premium A plus. You can have so many different uh, like uh, banners. You can, for example, we, we just did like a, this for a flashlight. It has like different modes. So on the premium A plus, you can click a button and it shows the actual difference of the of the of the flashlight, how strong it goes, how big, you know. Oh, cool. Even, even something that extends, you can click a button, it extends, it goes smaller. Like it's very cool. What you can do with um, the premium a plus besides the fact that, that you can put in a video but even without a video you can have so many different uh, so so when, especially when you have a plus you have to, uh, especially even premium a plus there's no doubt i mean when a customer goes into your product and, and if it's done really well then there's almost no chance for a customer to to leave your listing without 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 a sale you know so would you recommend then everybody that has maybe just the old a plus they need to upgrade to the the new premium would, would that should that be a priority i mean Obviously, but but the, the problem is that it's uh, I mean it, it costs a lot of money to do it. I mean I'm I'm sure that most agencies, most designers will charge a lot of money to to get it done because it's it's a lot of work. It's uh, it's not just like a few pictures here and there. And you, you ask me about the mistakes that people do, and I see it so many times that people come to us, they want to enhance the listings, they come to us with a very poor uh, um, A plus content, which is just just their logo and the same picture that they use on, on the on the on the top, like the main images, like. It doesn't really say anything. It's, it's misproportioned, like the, the layout and the whole thing. It basically has to show like a big page, like a website, like a landing page. So what does it cost actually to use a company like yourself? What's a, just a general ballpark? If I said, hey, here's my listing, I want you to redo it. I want a total listing makeover from top to bottom. A plus, premium A plus, uh, just what would I be looking at? A thousand bucks, two thousand bucks? Or what, some, what would I be yeah, I mean, obviously there are different agencies out there, different people out there, everyone charges their price. But so, for example, uh, my company, we have like different packages, which includes like the content, the photography, the graphics, A+. So the, right now the top package is like $1,200, which gets you everything, like the full listing copy, photography, seven nice graphic images, and a beautiful A+, content. So now that we start doing the premium A+, it's going to be a lot more, probably like in the $2,000 range, because it's much more work. But um, yeah, that's approximately it. So it's, it's like a small investment. I mean, if you look at it per product, it's not a lot of money. You, you spend $1,000 or even, let's say, $1,500 once, and and it's done forever. You know, like you don't have to really redo it every day. Are you also doing the keyword research, or do, do the clients come to you with, like, these are the keywords I want to target, or is, or is that part of the, the deal as well? 
Yeah, that, that's part of the deal because uh, we train our team, like uh, especially our writers, and this to really master like the keyword part of. Because the writers are like professional writers, they know how to sell like sales copy, but the keywords are totally different. So we have like a team that work with, we work together, the project managers, the, 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 writer, the writers, and then we have a keyword specialist that specializes in that part. So all together, put together a beautiful puzzle. Because a listing has to be a combination of 50% for the algorithm, 50% for the customers. So the keywords is a, it's a very big part. Some sellers only focus on the keywords because they, because they think that uh, once the algorithm have, has it, it's good. But well, the truth is, the, the truth is that the algorithm is not buying your product. I mean, maybe they bring up the, your product, but they're not actually clicking at the cart and the, they're buying it. So that's what the customers are doing. So you have to make sure that it has a, the, the perfect balance of the algorithm bringing it up and and, and having a, a, a good sales copy for the conversion to, to get a customer to click at the cart. So now you're doing something besides the listing service. You're come really out of your shell and you're actually putting on events as well. Is that correct? Yeah, that's also interesting how I got. <laughs> so that, 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 that's what I said in the beginning. Like one thing that the more I built myself up, you know, one thing got me into the next thing, the next thing. Because I always think that way. Like what else? Like what's next? Uh, so it's interesting that uh, um, from running that company and getting a little popular on LinkedIn or on WhatsApp, whatever, where I try to help the community. And people started asking me, like, uh, how about you do start doing events, like get people together and learn from them. So I was like, uh, I don't know, there's so many events out there already. Why, why do I need to make another event? Now? So people said, no, but you have like your, your, your own style, your different type, type of personality and people enjoy this. So I, um, so, so it was interesting. So I, I basically, I never really wanted to do like uh, this big corporate because I, 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 I couldn't think so big back then, back in the days. So I, I never imagined myself like running a big show. So I started by, I, I wanted to do more like a chill event. Like I, like, I, I love when people come together and have a good time on my expense. So I wanted to do like a, I'm right now I live in Towns River, Towns River, New Jersey, which we have like big properties and stuff. So I wanted to do in my backyard, like a, like a little uh, get together networking event for sellers. And have a good time, you know, the barbecue, with the smoking, mm-hmm. with the guys, and DJ, you know, like uh, this type of stuff. And I, I discussed it with a, a few people, but uh, I couldn't do it. Uh, like I was like, should I do it? How should I do it? Until I got um, Joel Wall. I, I, I don't know. You probably know Joel. Joel Wall. I think so. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So he basically he he used to be my neighbor here. And we once did an event for a real estate company in my backyard, and like a similar thing that I had in mind. And because they basically was looking at, like it was back in COVID, people couldn't do events like in the mm-hmm. event uh, venues, so they were looking for a, a nice backyard where they can do it. So they found my backyard somehow, and I, I did it for them. That's when I realized, how about we do the same? Th- so Joel also came. So that's when we realized, how about we do the same thing? Uh, for Amazon, we can do the same thing with Amazon, like uh, call people over, like uh, bring a party planner, build a nice thing. And we actually started uh, posting it. Like about, we, w- we wanted to hear like feedback from sellers. Uh, and surprisingly, a lot of sellers were like, sure, of course, we will do it, we'll come, excited. So um, and that's called a uh, pow- powwow, right? Yeah, the powwow. <laughs> and you, you do one in uh, New Jersey and then you do another one, uh, I think, in, in uh, the Florida area, right? The Miami area? Yeah, so we started in New Jersey, which is our area, like in Lakewood, New Jersey, where all the three of us live in. You know, Tom's River and Lakewood, Jackson, like we, we live in the area. And this this is where we did it the first time, just test the waters to see what we're doing. 
And thank God, it was like a very successful. People showed a lot of interest, and because we, the three of us, we are like very different personalities. Like a, it's not like a serious. I mean, we have we have the, we have the combination of being serious, professional, and fun. Mm-hmm. So that that's why it works. So how many people? How many people come to a pal? Is it how many? What's the attendance usually? So the, the first event was like a small venue, so we limited to like I think it was like three four hundred uh, attendees, mm-hmm. and then Miami we grew it was like six seven hundred and kept on growing. So uh, and then the next event we like uh, aiming for a thousand attendees. So it, it keeps on growing because the, the more we do it, like we do it in bigger venues and bigger stuff, so it keeps on growing. Thank God. Now something happened along with one of these events. There there was a post that kind of a. Uh, went viral or something, right? That actually caused some trouble. I, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding or something around that. Uh, is there anything you want to clear up on, on, on that? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that's an episode for itself. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, I, uh, yeah, it was actually me. We were actually working on an event, which was, we called it the aggregator show, because as you know, like the whole industry, which now to the aggregator field, like people are selling their companies, aggregators are buying their companies. So we wanted to do, we, we wanted to do an event um, specialized, uh, like uh, specifically for this um, category. So we did an event, we called it the aggregator show, and it was here in New Jersey. It was like more like an intimate, like a smaller uh, upscale uh, exclusive event. And it happened basically, uh, um, I think a week before the event, I was kind of in some mode. I mean, it was after a party. I, was like, I wasn't drunk, but I was like a little tipsy. So I came up late, late at night and I was kind of in the mode of, okay, because usually when it comes to events, like usually the last week or two is, is when crunch time hits. Yeah. So it's like, that's when people really sign up and people get interested. So I was like, okay, I gotta start doing something. Like, uh, let's let's continue. I mean, I, I didn't start because we did we we kept we kept on pro- promoting it for for weeks and months. But I was like, okay, what else can I do? And especially I was a little tipsy, so it wasn't hard to, you know, to brainstorm and stuff. So I um, I think it was back then. It was it was a few days before the the. I mean, in the news it was more popular, like uh, the news about like the the whole war between Russia and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So I mean. By the time I posted it, it wasn't anything serious going on. It was just like uh, thoughts or saying that it's going to happen, maybe whatever. And I was like, uh, um, we are here building like a, one of the biggest events in, in the Amazon industry. I was like, I, 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 I don't even remember the exact content, but I basically made like a... a, a so I basically um, compared... Um, building like the biggest Amazon event and going like the next week it's gonna happen whatever to the to the Russia Ukraine war somehow I, I don't remember I, I didn't remember the contact but um, I posted it and it was late at night it was like one o'clock a.m. Mm-hmm. and right after, after I posted it I went to sleep like I posted and I went to sleep I, I didn't even think about it and I didn't even think what I, what I posted just you know like any any other post post and move on and then in the morning, I, I woke up in the morning and I see that my phone didn't start ringing. Like my wife was like, uh, I went to the shop. I was like, the phone keeps on ringing. And my partners are calling me. Uh, companies are calling me. Like, what happened now? I mean, <laughs> I couldn't. I, I couldn't even think what happened. So I took a shower. I was like, calm. I don't know. We'll see you later. We we'll get dressed. And we'll see what's going on. And then people were like, no, no, <laughs> you don't have time for that. And and I looked at my phone. I was like, please delete, please delete the elicti post immediately. Please delete the elicti post. Like, 
what is that poster? Which poster are you talking about? Like, well, what's happening? <laughs> then I went on to my LinkedIn and I realized that I posted that post, which was uh, which was a bad mistake. And because at that night, it was funny because that night when we woke up, that's when the whole world started like more like uh, officially, like uh, things started to happen. So it was like bad timing. And the first thing I did, I, I deleted the post before like before knowing what's going on. I, I, I deleted the post because I know it's wrong. And then I, I started waking up, started getting into it. I was like, what, what is happening? Why should I delete it? Why did I post it? Why should I delete it? And then I, I, I saw what people are saying. So it was a whole mess. So that was a week before the event. And I got into the office and I realized that a lot of the vendors and some of the attendees or speakers, whatever, they got very uh, sensitive about it, and which was right because it was a, it's a very bad mistake. And they were like, they don't want to back out. They don't want to be part of this, uh, an event that, that writes this type of content. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I mean, for me, I, I, I didn't even know what I was doing. I, I didn't I didn't even know how bad it was. Because, because to be honest, for me, I, I, since I'm a person that I don't really follow the news, I don't, I don't really, really like uh, know what's going on. I, I just want to hear from here, here and there. And I try to use the current situations on my marketing account. You know, that this is where the, all these marketing. But I didn't even realize how sensitive it is to certain people. And then once I started seeing what's really going on in the world, in, like in the board, I was like, wow. I mean, that's, I, I felt bad for myself for doing it. Like, man, you, 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 you can't do that. But, but the truth is back then, I, 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 I didn't even know what's, uh, and, and also, I mean, people took it out of, out of context, which was the wrong, like, uh, impression, which people thought I'm a bad person. I, how, how can you write such a thing? But the truth is, I mean, if you know the whole thing, I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know what I'm doing. Like also, as I said, like English wasn't my first language. So when I'm posting, I'm not right, really like. Uh, sometimes it comes off wrong as uh, what I really mean. So, so did a lot of people end up backing out? What happened? What happened in the end? Did the show go on, or did? Uh... Yeah. So some people backed out, and it, it was a problem because it was a week before the event. We spent a lot of money in it, and then we, we we couldn't cancel the event. Like we started to figure out what's going on. So I decided that I uh, um, together with my partners that I have to resign. I mean. I mean, I deserve it. Like uh, I did it. It happened. It doesn't matter if uh, you know if if, if I was uh, if I didn't mean it or whatever. But it happened, and, and people got offended by it. And I I have to take the responsibility. So I resigned from the event like then. And so my partner went out to tell the people that I you know I'm not involved anymore. So it was a mistake, and I take responsibility. And and I don't want the, the event to I, I don't want my partners and you know, all these other other people involved to get uh, to get affected because of my mistake. So are you still inv- are you still involved? Uh, so you resigned? Have you gone back to the company, or are you still completely? Well, basically, I, I I resigned, and I I started going focusing back on my on my other companies. So after that, so at that event, I went as an exhibitor to my with my companies, my two companies that I have. And after the event, I I, I came back officially publicly, and I come back like before. Cool. I'm glad you were able to work through that and uh, get that get that corrected. That's uh, that's important. It's un- unfortunate that 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 happened, but I'm glad uh, everything in the end has uh, been settled and uh, and worked out. So when's the next uh, powwow event? So the next one, we're working on a local event, which is more like a smaller, specifically for like in the community, like in, in the upstate New York area, where, where I grew up, actually. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, like a small intimate event. And then now we're starting to expand into like general business events, not only Amazon. So the Power event is becoming more like a general event company. It's not like an Amazon event company. It's a general event company, which we do Amazon events and we do other other industry events as well. So now we're working on a B2B business-to-business expo 
for general uh, business people. Um, I mean, mainly in our community, but it's not limited to our community. It's like uh, everyone. Awesome. Well, Mac, uh, I really appreciate you taking some time today and sharing your story and uh, talking about everything. If, if people want to reach out or find out more about you, what's the best place for them to do that? So the main sources is basically LinkedIn. You can, you can find me on LinkedIn and WhatsApp. WhatsApp, I'm kind of active there. I have like a special WhatsApp account, mainly for business. I mean, I have one personal, one for business, which I usually um, keep it active, which posting statuses about mainly about the Amazon industry, like all the different uh, news that's coming out and tips and tricks. And have like a, the WhatsApp group, which is called like Amazon Best Sellers, which is a very popular group among uh, Amazon sellers. People are, are asking questions, helping each other. Awesome. Well, Mac, I appreciate it again, man. I, I hope business keeps going well for you. And uh, I'm sure I'll be seeing you in New York uh, or maybe at a powwow event. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be, a, it'll be an honor to have you come speak at our upcoming power events. I mean, we'll be in touch with you when it is, where it is, to see if you're available, stuff like that. I mean, people love you in our community. People are looking forward to your speeches every time. Awesome. Thanks, Mac. Appreciate it. Okay. I really like how e-commerce can give an opportunity to just about anybody, regardless of your education level or where you come from or what language you speak, as Mac is a perfect example of that. Started doing e-commerce, was successful, pivoted into finding his true passion, which is helping people build uh, amazing creative listings, and now is doing the powwow event to actually help other sellers and give back to the community and bring everybody together. So it's always a great story when I get to have a guest like uh, Mac on the show. And don't forget to check out the Helium 10 Elite. Every month we do a live training, about three to four hours long, where we have several guests come on, talk about the latest strategies and techniques for selling on Amazon and e-commerce in general. I do seven ninja hacks. Plus, as a Helium 10 Elite member, you get access to some really cool special tools that are not available to the public. You get increases in your limits on some of the things that you can do. One of those tools is a pretty cool tool where you could upload a list of keywords, and then it spits back a downloadable spreadsheet that has a bunch of fields added to it. Uh, that's just one of the many tools. Plus, as a Helium 10 Elite member, you get access to the weekly roundtables, and including a roundtable that I do once a month, where for two or three hours, we just talk about everything Amazon. We help each other out if someone's got a problem with their account or needs a, an idea on something. We talk about the latest strategies, what's happening. So check out Helium 10 Elite if you haven't yet. Before we leave this week, I just want to leave you with some words of advice. If you want to buy things without looking at the price, then you need to learn how to work without looking at the clock. Again, if you want to buy things without looking at the price, then you need to learn how to work without looking at the clock. We'll see you again next week when we'll be talking about using Google to drive traffic to Amazon. Thanks.